wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you... Nah, it's over. We missed it. Just kidding. We do hope you had a Merry Christmas. And we wish you a Happy New Year, too. It's right around the corner next week. Man, the holidays are such an awesome time. I enjoy them. When I was a kid, I actually enjoy them now more as an adult than I did as a kid. I know that sounds crazy. Never been a dude for a lot of gifts. I mean, when you're a kid, of course, you want a bunch of stuff. And I just, you know, as you get older, you can buy your own stuff. You really don't need things. And you know people have bills to pay and they have kids to take care of and all that stuff. So you're like, you know what, don't worry about me. I'll worry about myself. How about we get together, we'll play some games, maybe watch some Christmas movies, you know, things like that. That's what I enjoy about Christmas now. Not really about the gifts, but I'm also 34 years old. Christmas seemed like it came and went so fast. They say as you get older, that seems to happen. But man, it, it was a whirlwind. I mean, one day is a work Christmas party, then it's like the individual group work Christmas party, or your, your branch, your department. And then it's a one family Christmas party, and then another, and then bam, it's Christmas, and it's over, and you're going to work the next morning. So crazy. But I wish, hope, cherish, whatever, all that Merry Christmas stuff. I hope you had a great time. Ate a lot of fattening stuff they are going to try to work off in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing. It's not going to happen. I always try. It's really not a big deal. I do get to the gym here and there. You know when you can. You got to live life. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the holiday stuff. I am ready for an awesome, jam-packed, edge-of-your-seat podcast show next edition. We are on episode 26, and this is a good one. They're all good. This was an especially good one because brought up a crazy topic with St. Bede girls basketball coach Tom McGonigal. I call him Mr. St. Bede everything. The man has had just about every position, coaching-wise. He's been part of every sport. He's been an athletic director. He is currently still the dean of admissions. He's done just about everything for St. Bede in 26 years of employment. He's amazing. He knows everything about the Bruins. He graduated from there. He was on the state championship baseball team in 1988. He is a major part of St. Bede, always has been and always will be, nowhere close to retiring. He's been coaching for 22 years, and we talk about all this stuff, so I'm not going to go too much further, but I had to ask him, since he has been in this area for so long, and he's been around the girls' basketball scene for decades, you know, more than one decade, he's been around here. He has seen the greatest of the greats that have come through this area. So I asked him to pick a starting lineup for his Lady Bruins. If he could put all the girls that he's had together, what's his starting five? That was amazing. But what I want to reach out to you guys as well, I also asked him to name a Mount Rushmore of Illinois Valley girls basketball players. We got three that we agreed on. Three out of four. But we couldn't figure out a fourth one. So, listen to the interview. Listen to what... Tom and I say who we think should be in there and I would love to see some comments some reactions of who you believe the fourth person on the Mount Rushmore is and if you don't agree with the other three names that we say and I'm not going to say them right now I'm going to have you listen to the interview if you do not agree with those other three please let us know let us know your Mount Rushmore these are always great debates I don't think there's a right or wrong answer if you say a player that averaged five points a game and two rebounds okay that might be a wrong answer 
because the names that we bring up and the names that deserve to be in the conversation are laughing at those numbers. We all know that. There has been some fantastic girls basketball players from this area. So please reach out on Twitter, Edge of Your CP, on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Either way, write a, a comment, your Mount Rushmore. Tell me, tell Tom if you agree with us. We'd really appreciate that. You can also, if you're not on those social medias or you don't like going through that way, we have an email. It's edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. So either email us, Twitter or Facebook. Contact us. Let us know who you think is on the Mount Rushmore of Illinois Valley basketball players. Girls edition. Also talk to Tom about all kinds of other stuff. He's always great to talk to. I've actually went to him on more than sports stuff. I've asked him some personal questions and, and things like that. And he's always been a mentor. Always been there to guide people in the right direction. Great, great guy from St. Bede. But before we get there, let's talk about the Lady Bruins Classic. I did talk to Tom about a week ago, maybe more than a week ago. So it was before the Lady Bruins Christmas Classic, which just wrapped up. In the championship, Eureka takes the title once again with a 51-48 win over Fieldcrest. Eureka has been dominating this tournament for a few years. It was Mendota, then Eureka. I believe Mendota and Eureka have won the last like six or seven of these classics. Both program squads have been on quite a roll, and Eureka just continuously finding good talent in that area. But Mendota did take the third place game with a 39-30 win over Seneca. Mendota actually lost by two to Eureka. If they would have beat Eureka, they would have been playing in the championship against Fieldcrest. And I believe going into this game, Fieldcrest was undefeated. They are on a magical run as well. They won their first regional in program history last season. So Fieldcrest is on a roll. I hope to get the Knights coach, Mitch Neely, on pretty soon. I've been waiting for him because I knew this tournament was coming up and they got a lot of good things going on. So we will get, we will talk to Neely. He's a great guy too. I love talking to that guy. And in the fifth place game, Princeton Tigresses, who I have spoke with Tiffany Gunnigum when they played Mendota. She is also a great coach. They win 43-29 to claim the fifth place game. And then in the seventh place game, Putnam County defeated St. Bede 37-32. It's always a solid Christmas tournament, the Lady Bruin Christmas Classic. I always liked covering it. The last day of competition is always awesome because at this point, they're kind of marked off on comparable teams. Like if you look at the scores, Eureka beats Fieldcrest by three. Mendota beats Seneca by, by nine in a very low scoring game. Princeton, Kiwani, 43-29. But that's, I mean, that's kind of a rivalry at this point. I mean, they've been in the Three Rivers for quite a while. Not a huge rivalry, but, you know, Princeton kids don't like Kiwani. Kiwani kids don't like Princeton. And Princeton just got the best of them. But then Putnam County over St. B by five. So, I mean, besides the one game, pretty close games and great competition. So that's what I love about the last, last game. I mean... Throughout the tournament, there's there's some blowouts, but then you kind of level out and see where the where the comparable schools are, and that always happens at the Lady Bruins Christmas Classic. Besides basketball, okay, it's not besides basketball. This is just national basketball. I seen a trailer on Facebook that made me go nuts. I was sitting there looking at my phone, and all of a sudden, I hear some music, and 
you know, I, I think I had headphones on. I was just chilling at home and people were sleeping. So I was like, hey, I'll be nice. Put on my headphones, listen to a podcast or some music or whatever. So I get on Facebook first and I'm checking stuff out. And all of a sudden this music starts playing. Boom, boom, boom. But I'm like, what is that? That's not like a beat I've heard or anything. It was an ad from ESPN for a documentary called The Last Dance. It is about the Chicago Bulls in the late 90s. But it's not going to be just from the Chicago Bulls point of view. In the ad, it says, we talk to everybody. And they show photos. There's Magic Johnson. There's Charles Barkley. I think I've seen Dr. J, Pat Riley. Then, you, of course, you have Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. Hopefully, they get Michael Jordan. He does not like doing these kind of things. But I hope for this one he did. I'm pumped. I am super pumped. I hope they get Isaiah Thomas. I hope they get Clyde Drexler. I hope they get Shaq. Just people that had to go through Patrick Ewing. I think I saw Patrick Ewing in the ad. I hope that they get everybody that I would love to hear. And not just me. Chicago Bulls fans, sports fans across the country, then and now, just to see they were part of that. We watched it. They were living it. They were in it. They had to play against Jordan and Pippen and Robin and Steve Kerr and you know all these players that we idolize, at least I did, growing up. I mean, their first three championships in 92, I'm seven, and so on and so on. The late 90s, I am teenager, borderline teenager. 98, I'm, I'm 13. But I started watching basketball during the first championship run. I've been a basketball fan since I was six or seven years old, and it all started with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, right by Chicago. Everything was Bulls. Everything, everything, everything. Had a starter jacket, Jordan jersey. Even as a little kid, everything was the Bulls. And it's really not changed. Every once in a while, you know, Allen Iverson was my favorite player right after the Jordan era. So I had an Iverson jersey. And I had a Philly hat. I've had, I don't think I've had any other, no, I take that back. I had a Tracy McGrady jersey when he was with Houston. I went to Texas on a spring break and found this jersey for kind of cheap, and it was awesome, so I bought it. Other than that, I have never worn or had anything NBA-wise other than Chicago Bulls. No, I can't think of anything other than those few examples that were not Chicago Bulls. I am so pumped up about this. I know it's been 20 years, and we have read all the books by Sam Smith, Chicago Bulls super writer, and everybody else, Casey Johnson from Casey Hoops, Casey Johnson, whatever you want to call him, from the Chicago trip and there's thousands of other books that document this document that whatever it would be awesome to see all of these people share their thoughts about what we saw that they were actually living I am pumped up about this the only issue I had with this ad is the series it's a series it's a 10 part series does not start until June till June of 2020 and I saw this ad December 20 I seen it on Christmas December 25th of 2019 so you're telling me I gotta wait six months I am so anxious and pumped up to see this and now I have to wait six months that's the only thing I don't like I wish I would have saw this in May or the day before it started because now every day I'm gonna be like man it's not June yet man come on I want to see this I want to see this I know how I am I did the same thing with the Star Wars movie which we will speak about soon but I'm so pumped up to see this, I cannot wait. I don't think I can talk anymore about that. Oh man, I love it. I love that era of Chicago Bulls, just like any other Chicago fan, any other NBA fan. 
and I am super, super crazy excited to see this last dance from ESPN. I love their 30 for 30 series. I've watched pretty much all of them. Everything is always great, and I cannot wait for this one on the Chicago Bulls from different people's perspectives. I am pumped. Super pumped. Okay, I'm going to steer away from sports just for a minute. I've seen two movies in the last few days since we've spoken last or since you've heard me last on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you once again for checking us out, listening. Please share your thoughts, reactions, all that stuff. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Music, iTunes. Leave us a review. I hear five-star reviews pump you up a little bit. They share you a little more. That would be awesome. Definitely appreciate it. And of course, word of mouth, just share this pretty cool podcast talking about stuff that we all like, we all enjoy. And of course, if we interact, we interact, and it will be cool to have all kinds of guests on the show, which I've been trying to do, get everybody all kinds of life. doesn't have to just be sports. I like talking everything, and it's cool. It's cool. I, I like doing this, and from what I hear, people like to hear. So, we'll continue. Let's just interact. It's a beautiful thing. What is also a beautiful thing is going to the movies with your family. My sister and I took my nephew to the movie theater to see the new Jumanji. I believe it's called The Next Level. I seen the original Jumanji with Robin Williams in the movie theater and I still love it. I bought a copy of it, I don't know, a few months ago and made my girlfriend watch it for the first time and she thought it was going to be stupid. I don't know why she could confuse Jumanji for being stupid. But she quickly found out that it's an awesome movie. Not even just for kids. Just adventure-wise, and it's, it's really cool. Jumanji The Next Level, it was alright. It was alright. I'm not going to say it was the best movie ever. It was cool. You know, I, I like The Rock. I like Kevin Hart. I like Jack Black. I like Danny Glover. I like Danny DeVito. Just the way they did it, and I'm not trying to do any spoilers. It is still in the theater. But you can look anywhere and find out what actors and actresses are in it. But I just feel like a few of them were out of their wheelhouse. They weren't in the kind of movie that they shine in or they made a name in, things like that. And the way they did it kind of showcased that. Instead of having these people in a spot where they could flourish, they put them in a spot where, you know, as, as actors and actresses, you're just like, eh, maybe they should have switched here, done this here, done that. But all in all, generally a good movie. My nephew loved it. And that's what matters as a kid's. I mean, Jumanji's a kid's movie. It is. It's a, it's a kid's movie. So as long as the kids like it, that's what matters. He liked it. I would play it for the rest of my nieces and nephews or other kids that I know come over. Everybody calls me Uncle B. I would play it for them, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. Like, it's not one of those movies where you're like, oh, man, I want to see that one more time. Maybe I missed something. It's one of those movies where I really want to care if I missed anything, if that makes sense. So good movie. Just not really rewatchable. Definitely a kid's movie. But one movie that I will watch again, if I have the time, because it is long, The Irishman. I finally got to check it out on Netflix. I am a huge gangster mob movie kind of dude. I don't know why. Not in the mob. Never wanted to be part of it. Not a gangster. Never wanted to be a gangster. But this movie is super cool. I like how they went about it. Again, I'm not going to do any spoilers. It is on Netflix. I know tons of people have already seen it. It's getting great ratings, rankings, ratings, all of the above. Probably, hopefully, win some awards. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, fantastic. Absolutely great watching them on the screen together. 
definitely not young. <laughs> They're not young at all. But all three of them are still fantastic at what they do. My girlfriend and I were talking about this while we were watching it. When those three pass, what is going to happen with that genre of movie? I mean, think about them all. Goodfellas, Godfather, all of those that you think of mob movies. And there's a million of them and I just can't think right now. They're with them. They're, they're the guys. They're the guys that have made those movies successful and made them rewatchable and made them, you know, I go to a friend's house and I see Scarface. How did I not, how did I not think of Scarface? It's more gangster than mob. But same kind of premise here. We go to somebody's house, especially a lot of my friends, and they got like the, you know, the poker table photo with, you know, the Godfather, Marlon Brando, and you got, you know, Al Pacino and Scarface, and, you know, you got all these guys around sitting at the table that are in all these monster movies, The Goodfellas, Sopranos, and it's like when all these dudes pass away, which unfortunately is not going to be too long, or at least they're not going to be in too many more movies. Like, what's going to happen? Who's going to step up? Who's going to take over? I'm interested to see what happens there. Because I know in movies in Hollywood, I'm sure there's been certain stages like this that has happened before. Maybe not in that genre, but, oh, who's going to be the next love interest or whatever. And somebody steps up always. Movies never stop. They don't die. I mean, some of the scripts get kind of old because they can't think of new ideas all the time. But there's always a replacement somewhere. It's just, how do you replace a Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or even a Joe Pesci? How do you replace them? Man, I want to see what happens here. I don't think it can happen. I mean, if they want me to play a part, all right, I'll put on a fedora. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, I think I did all the plugs. I said the email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, the Facebook page, the Twitter page, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. On Twitter, it's Edge of Your CP. Spotify, you can listen to us, follow us. All of our episodes are there. This is a 26, so you got 25 others to listen to if you haven't before. And then, of course, Apple Music, iTunes. I don't know which one they call it now, so I just say both. Write us a review. Give us a few stars. Five if you'd like. I'd appreciate it. And I'm Brandon Lachance, the host. I like how I get 20 minutes in and then I decide to drop my name. Sometimes I don't do it at all. I guess my bad. But hopefully if you're listening to this, heard enough times, you know who I am, or you see me around with newspapers covering sport events. I didn't always do sports, but 97% of the time. Okay, only 99.3. We'll give the .007 to other stuff. Been around everywhere in Illinois covering stuff, and yeah, having a lot of fun doing this. So, Brandon LaChance, host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The track that you hear to intro and outro the show is Brian Cavelli, master, monster, awesome producer. I know that was a weird intro or a weird description, but he's great. He's great at what he does. He's fantastic. All kinds of stuff. Check him out on SoundCloud. Check him out wherever you can. Brian Cavelli, he did the, the beat, the track, the intro, the outro, whatever you want to call it. So big props, big thanks to him. With that said, let's get to Tom McGonagall talk about we talked about and of course the Mount Rushmore of girls basketball in Illinois Valley please let me know who you think your Mount Rushmore is please I am dying to know who people think are the fourth person or if they disagree with Tom and I who are who are the four who are the four that you think are the best of the best we will be back tomorrow since I took off a week for Thanksgiving and a few days for Christmas I'm going to push out shows left and right. I got about eight interviews on hold. 
and I have to get them out to you. They're all awesome. Every single one of them. I have been so blessed, so thankful to have some really, really cool people agree to do this, and hopefully that continues. It's tons of fun. It's cool to get a more intimate look at people and, and what they have to say. So, here's Tom McGonagall. Awesome interview. Mount Rushmore. Illinois Valley Girls Basketball. Until next time. Peace. I just felt special. I was talking to my guest before I just hit the record button, and he said he had never done a podcast before. So, I welcome... Saint beat everything, <laughs> but right, <laughs> right now you're the girls' basketball coach, Tom McGonagall. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Brandon. I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, this is really exciting. Something new for me, no doubt about it. Twenty uh, twenty plus years of coaching and uh, my first podcast. I guess I'm getting into the twenty first century a little bit. That's what made me feel special because you have done <laughs> just about everything under. Like I say, I call you Saint Bede, Mister Everything, and you've never done one of these before. No, not at all. Uh, you know, from uh, from variety shows to uh, to Mr. SBA to uh, athletic director and working in the business office and coaching, obviously basketball, football, done some baseball, but never uh, never a podcast as Lady Bruins coach. So this is uh, this is pretty special tonight. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad to be your first, and thanks for joining us. Definitely. And when I was thinking, like, hey, who should I have on? And even when I text you to have you come on, I was like, I've asked you for so many favors. And I've talked <laughs> to you about just about everything, personal, work, everything. I'm like, I have to have Tom on. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, uh, we've kind of, uh, I've kind of watched you grow up a little bit, you know, when, uh, when you were covering us and everything like that. So, uh, so to be on, to, to be, uh, be a part of your podcast as well, it's uh, a great honor. So thank you. Your title right now for this podcast, Girls Basketball Coach. Let's talk about the Lady Bruins. Where are we at so okay. far in the season? Well, uh, we're we're eleven games in, and we're uh, we're one in ten right now. But we've got a we've got a very young and, and inexperienced squad. Three seniors who are getting floor time with Cassie Brady, Christine Seneca, and Antonia Catani, and then Macy Bosnick, who uh, you know went through the ACL tear and, and uh, during volleyball season, is there in as as much a capacity as she can give. Just kind of an additional coach right now, and then uh, the rest of the lineup. Uh, the other six girls are, are all sophomores with uh, with no varsity experience at all. We're working through it, and um, you know we're coming off a game last night at Erie Prophetstown, where I would say that that we have just performed at our best level so far this season right now. Which each game has gotten a little better and, and shown improvements, and we've made our adjustments and we're eliminating our mistakes, and we're starting to score more points, and we're, we're holding teams down at points. So we're we're at a position right now with uh, with a week before the Lady Bruin Christmas Classic where. I feel we've really made a turn in the corner, and uh, I'm really looking forward to next week of, of four days of, of good practice, good hard practice, continuing to learn and develop, and coming in as the number eight seed at the Lady Bruin, shocking some people. You know, the, the, the seed was only for pooling purposes. And obviously, we've got the two, four, and six seed with us, uh, an undefeated Fieldcrest team, a, a very talented Kiwani team that I've seen earlier, and, and a Seneca team that, that is always strong. Not seen them play yet this year, but um, look forward to getting after it and, and, uh, and kicking it off. So, second half of the season, I'm expecting some some really great things from this group. Well, let's talk about Christine for a minute. I watched yeah. her quite a few games last year, and she always, you know, blew me away with her tenacity and energy and able to just, she is not a very big girl, but she no. played big and got to where she needed to at all times. She's an effectual player. She has an effect when she's on the floor. Either end of the floor, defense, offense. And this year, as a senior, has really stepped up, taking a leadership role. 
in uh, in ball handling, stretching out, and helping out the girls offensively if they get into a trouble. She'll she'll run out to the perimeter, get the ball, and kind of take things over. I've kind of unknowingly, without without saying much about it put a lot onto her shoulders and, and she has taken them all with the, with the broad shoulders that she has and I'd like to see some more points for her just because a lot of points feels like a lot of a reward for them you know for basketball players in general but um, for Christine especially I would, I would love to see her uh, start to get some points because she's working her tail off in practice and in and games and, uh, and doing all kinds of different things for us so I'm just, I'm just really happy that uh, we get to finish out this uh, her senior year together and uh, excited again about where not only she's going to go but where this team's going to go. Let's talk about senior leadership. You have three seniors, and this seems like a situation where senior leadership is very important. I mean, programs talk about it every year. Hey, we got these seniors, stuff like that. But a lot of times there's a ton of seniors. You have seven seniors. There's really not a lot of need or a huge need for senior leadership when you have so many people that have been there the whole entire time. And you're in a situation where you have seniors that are with a bunch of underclassmen and have to right. step up and be leaders. So just kind of talk about right. that and how they're doing it. The very first thing that I, that I told these guys is, is understand the, the importance of, of what your senior legacy on the program is going to be. It's going to be a two-year legacy. You know, that, that usually doesn't happen. Usually seniors are passing on to juniors um, what they're going to do next year as seniors and, and how they lead. These guys, these seniors, um, are, are passing on a legacy to sophomores who will then carry that for two years uh, until they're finally seniors. What we do right now is such a, a crucial part of our program in, in continuing tradition and continuing development, adjusting to the ever-changing tide of their coach being on podcasts to, uh, to Bluetooth radio in the, uh, in the gymnasium for practice and things like that. So um, <laughs> this, this group of seniors is, is, you know, is, is really kind of cutting the teeth of, of what, uh, what's to come here for, for these younger girls. And I don't think you could find four greater seniors to do that. You're talking about all four who are four-year uh, letter winners. Uh, in the sport of basketball. They participate in multiple other sports. Macy in uh, volleyball and track, Cassidy in, in volleyball and softball, Andy, a golfer, a track runner, and a cheerleader, Christine, track and, and basketball. And all four of them, too, are, are ambassadors for the school, chosen senior ambassadors. And, and so they're a representation of not only themselves and the school and what they want to pass on and what they want to leave behind is, is being echoed um, for so long. And they're doing such a great job with it. All four of them, I, I know, I've known since they, they entered as freshmen, just because of my other positions at, at St. B. I, I just watched them grow. I've watched them develop. You know, earlier on in the season, we had a, we had a tight ball game against Bureau Valley, which came down to Cassie Brady being at the line to, to shoot two free throws, missed the first one, hit the second one, which which was the game winner, and then stole the inbounds pass to to finish out the game, to ice out the game. And if I could pick one person to have that happen to, it could be any one of the seniors, but particularly Cass that night against Bureau Valley, um, just just truly special. We're looking for more of that. And the, the thing about these seniors is, you know, the four years, yes, but very limited varsity experience. They've, they've kind of cut their teeth behind seniors and juniors uh, as they were coming up who had higher numbers, as you talked about, and, and more experience. And it, it, it kind of kept them back a little bit. Uh, but here they are now, and they're, they're pushed to the forefront. They're responding greatly. And uh, there's a little bit of an age gap between them and the sophomores, and that's one of the one of the gaps we're trying to close on the team. And every day, every day, you can just see them working and working and working, and just continuing to feed them with ideas for leadership, ideas of, of communication. And they're taking those and they're making them their own, and they're reaching out. And those kind of lessons, right there, as as we talked about, are beyond basketball lessons. Those are lessons that they can take on to college. They can take on to their personal lives afterwards. And that really and truly, with high school sports, is is what 
ultimately we're trying to do, um, I'm trying to do with us. You know, I, I just I just know it's, it's going to pay so much for everybody who's involved with it right now. And I know you've probably been asked this before, but you have been with St. Bede Girls Basketball for quite a few years. Every year, different levels of experience, different levels yep. of talent, different levels of energy, different levels of finesse and conditioning. What is it as a coach that you have to do to try to make each year successful or improve on the year before? What is it as a coach that you try to do to do that? I first of all, tell them that, that I believe in them. I don't just throw that out there. That's, that's not a cliche. Um, I, I absolutely believe in each and every single one of their girls and, and their abilities. When we begin to work, I get a, an idea of how high their ceiling is and, and where they're going to go. When they reach that ceiling, you raise that ceiling and, and you continue to work. And in fact, just had this, I've been having this conversation all week with, with a couple of them. Individually, I've been, been talking to them. I just got done with practice and was, was just talking with, with a couple of them today. You know, I'm going to continue to coach you as long as I believe in you. I'm, I'm going to continue to give you information and I'm going to stay on you and I'm going to continually push you. And when you achieve something, I'm going to continue to push you. And, and we're going to get further and further because I can see beyond where you are right now to where you can be in, in the future. And that's ultimately what, what this is about. It's not about being a, a great player now. It's, it's being the, the greatest player you can be at, at a point in the future, especially with these sophomores who this year, junior year, senior year, still got them for quite a bit of time. The ceiling and the potential that you can see, not just individually what they can become, but as a group, what they can become as a team, what they can become, is, is unbelievable and unprecedented for what we have had so far at St. Bede with the Lady Bruins. And, and that's been a tremendous amount of success. When you're going through it as a young coach 20 plus years ago, you're not realizing what you have in front of you. You continually are just thinking, hey, this is just going to keep happening. This is just going to keep happening. And then all of a sudden, I've got to start to work at it, and I've got to start to bring it out, and, and you've got to start to change your philosophy, and you've got to adjust how you handle, how you treat, how you teach, you know, how you say things, how you explain things. It has helped me evolve watching the evolution of, of each of these teams each year come through, because it, it is a challenge to me. And I say to the girls all the time, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. We're looking at challenges each and every single day. And I'm just continuing to work and mold and push and back off and push and back off, push somebody else and, and work with somebody else over here and then come back to you. They're never that far out of my reach that they can ever think that I've forgotten about them. I've given up on them because that's just simply not going to happen. Now, as, as I look back, done it in different ways, but I have I have always continued to do that with, with each of my girls. And I believe that's why I can turn and look at them now, the, the, the mothers and the professionals and um, the, the, the women that they have become with so much pride in whatever they're doing, whether they're teachers or uh, running their own businesses or, or stay-at-home moms um, or going on for advanced degrees or, or are, are high-level professionals just doing great things. And I'm not saying that that's part of anything that, of, of my doing other than trying to plant the seeds and trying to give them a map and a strategy for being successful, digging deep, bringing it out of themselves, go after what you want, set your goals high, and continue to reevaluate those and set them higher and higher until you achieve all that you want to achieve. Well said, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk, Brandon. Yeah, no, no. About that. <laughs> Another reason why I wanted to have you on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you can, you can take a break. <laughs> I, I like it when I can ask a couple questions and just go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> No problem. No problem at all. You know, and, 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 and honestly, and, and you, 
we, we've sat down and, and have done interviews before and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm 100% sincere, and, and, I, and I do that whether we're talking in public or talking privately or I'm having a one-on-one meeting with, with the parents or, or with, uh, with a student athlete. You know, I'm going to be honest with them. You, can't, you cannot gain anything from not being honest with, with anybody about your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, you know, what you witness. And, that, and that's why it's so important to be observant. It's, it's so important to be true, and it's so important to share that so that, so that they understand where you're coming from. When you're giving correction or giving adjustments, and you know, the word yelling gets gets thrown around quite a bit. You know, I've got a loud voice. It's definitely a voice built for a gym or, or a football arena. It's it's a passion. When you when you believe in something so much, you do nothing but try to share that and, and try to get that out. It, it's unbelievable what, uh, what work I can do with these young minds who are willing and ready and able to, to go at it. It's just this great thing. And the, when the girls' eyes light up and, and when you tell them something and, and something positive happens for them, Kind of like, hey, I knew I, I knew you had it in you. And as to that belief for themselves, that now we can take the next step, and now we can go further, and now we can make make more good things happen. So hopefully, this question doesn't put you on the spot. But <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you have been with St. B again, quite a few years. Yeah, you know, I put a number on that. I've been there. I've been employed at St. B for twenty six years, and this is my twenty second year as, as girls basketball coach. That's quite a that's quite a few years. Yeah, that's a, that's a quarter, quarter, uh, quarter century there. <laughs> so we have talked about, you know, you know, developing teams and, you know, each year the, you know, personnel changes. Every girl that has been through your program has been important. We can definitely yep. agree with that. But yep. if you had to pick a starting <laughs> five of the last 22 years of St. Bede basketball that you have had the pleasure of coaching, who would be in the starting lineup? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh my, that is, that's a heck of a question. Um, I think it's always tough to, to cross compare teams because opponents and, and certainly the level of, of the game has, uh, has changed incredibly in just the past 20 years, which, which really ultimately is, is a short time period in the, in the history of sport. And I am stalling here to run through. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 while you're thinking, I mean, I will, yeah. I will agree with you because I mean, you had some teams that I seen a lot of, like Julia Pohar and Hannah yeah. Bima. If they yeah. would have played in different years, I mean, yeah. you could have went. Uh, who knows how far you could have went? But you, yeah. got, you played against teams that were stacked pretty much all across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, holy smoke. You know. Wow! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, 22, well, 22 years of personnel and players. It's I, I know it's tough, but I thought I'd jump the bomb on you. I, you know, and I'm trying to remember back. You know, I, I keep the I keep the um, the program record. Uh, Don Carlson started it when he started the program back in 1982, and you know, God bless him for for getting us off the ground and getting us going, and um, and and all that because uh, you know, heck, we're coming up on. On 40 years of Lady Bruins basketball here, and it's been me and Barney Hydock and, and Don Carlson through the through that time. It's been incredible. It's just been such a blessing for me to be to be a part of this. And I don't know if it's always been a blessing for the girls that I've been a part of it, but um, they they have certainly given me given me so much going going forward. Can I start? I'm going to ask you if this person would be in your your lineup, yeah. or at least you're thinking about her. Yeah, Katie Carls has to be in the starting five. Yeah, she is. Yeah, Katie, Katie is. Katie is certainly in the starting five. There's no doubt about it. I don't think you can find a better point guard, a more complete player, a more tenacious player than uh, than than Katie. I've got to stay close to home, and I've got to put my sister Erin in there as well, who was on uh, one of the very first teams that I coached. She went on and played four years at Benedictine University and had a great career there. And that would be Erin um, McGonagall. Yeah, Erin McGonagall, and us, Erin McGonagall, Heidi H E I D E. So. 
Talia Sanford has got to fit in there. Talia was, uh, would, would be just a, a tremendous two or, or three in, in what we're running right now. Went on to play a little bit at St. Joseph's College uh, in Rensselaer. You know, a, a knee injury kind of kind of sidelined her college career, but, uh, but she would be up there. I don't know that, that we could have, have a team without Mo Dean. Morgan would be a lot of fun, you know, in this day and age. I mean, just, just so dominant. And, and just, uh, wow, so much I can say about Mo. And uh, oh, she, uh, she was one of the, uh, I haven't thought about her in that capacity in a long time as far as a player and uh, the kind of person that she was and, and how much uh, how much she challenged me and uh, how much I challenged her and how much how much she gave gave so much um, and Mo is uh, Mo is definitely somebody I'd have there if for anything else or her heart um, and love and, and just what a great teammate she would be you know I, and honestly looking back I, I don't know I don't know if I could go. I, I gotta go tougher, and so I, I'm, I want to pick any one of the three Staria girls. So that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna take care of that. Perfect. And uh, it, you know, I, I think that um, boy Anna Perino jumps in there. Just again, boy, you you just talk about these tough players, and Anna and Lydia or Sarah or Jillian Staria, all four of them could play from 1998. To, to 2019, they might scare some of the girls nowadays <laughs> with their with their heart, their hustle. They mirrored me so much on the floor. I, I certainly couldn't score like they could. Just their ability to to be a great teammate, to coach, and to help out, and, and still take care of their their themselves. That's a great group. Yeah, boy, we haven't even talked about about Julia Pohar and and all the work that she put in. She would be a a heck of a six man coming in, no doubt about it. And I still look at, at Kayla McDavid and uh, and Stevie Fisher at the point guard and a girl like Taylor Miller, who somebody incredibly special. Who and I just got a chance to talk with Taylor a little bit and said, you know what, you got to come back and tell your broken wrist story. Where she broke her wrist on the first game of a two two game day at the Lady Bruin Classic and played through the second game until she discovered that it was she she actually fractured her wrist. I mean, just a just a tough kid from Lamoille. <laughs> somebody who's out on the East Coast now working working for the government. She, she told me she's coming home for Christmas, and I just I can't wait to see her. So, so our last for, Christmas at the at the Christmas Classic, and now she's coming back. So awesome to work for the government in the East Coast. Got to be tough to do that as well. Tough and smart, yeah. you know. Tough, tough and smart, you know. No doubt about it. So yeah, wow. I go back to the program record and everything else like that. I think when I started the the program record sheet was three pages long in names, and and now I know it's it's up to six pages long. We, we've added that many girls, you know, since I since I took it over. So there's. There's a lot of girls coming through the program, and each and every single one of them are, are very, very special. And I could tell stories about each of them, you know, as far as their year and what they meant, and uh, you know, what special bond or connection we had, whether it was a nickname or I was talking to uh, to Gina Gina Miles Baker today. I was talking about how we used to drive vans, the twelve passenger vans, when we go to games back then. And today I was driving her eighth grade class around in a in one of our minibuses. And I said, you know, there, there's no passenger seat for you to sit in here and we could play the, the Padiddle game, you know, the, the one headlight out game. We'd, we'd play that on the way to games. And I always had to win because if I didn't win, we wouldn't win the ball game. So <laughs> she put she put extra pressure on me. But, um, you know, just, just, just things like that. And I, and I think about Kaylee Judge. Kaylee Judge, who went to LaSalle Lincoln and hadn't played basketball junior high and came out when she got to St. Bede, was assigned with, with defending Kaylee Klein. As uh, as Kaylee was coming up for freshman and sophomore year, that's that's a challenge. That, that was a challenge. That was a challenge. And and uh, and Judy, as I called her, Judy was was just a, a lockdown defender. That's what helped develop my philosophy. If you can play defense, 
you can play for me. If, if you can handle the basketball, you can keep yourself on the floor. And if you can score the ball, boy, you've got 32 minutes of playing time coming your way. You know, Judy was one of the first ones to be able to be that lockdown defender when we needed her against against Kaylee when she was when she was younger coming through. And just just a, a lot of fun. And, and Kaylee's a, Kaylee's a career collector now and just doing great things with her business and things. So it's all individuals like that, Brandon, that just, again, have, have touched me and, and and my family and it's just really been a blessing to, to be part of the Labor's program and, and just kind of continue what uh, was started back in 82 with, with Don. Yeah, I don't know where to go for that. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. We got a, like a little uh, trip down memory lane with all kinds yeah, of people. Yeah, I was, was running awesome. through, and, I'm, and I'm missing a bunch. I know that. <laughs> that was awesome. That was very cool. So for the listeners, I'll drop some names. I brought up Katie Carls. You brought up Kaylee Klein, who graduated from Hall. Those two names are always brought up in the conversation of best girls players in the Illinois Valley. Yeah. Those two, and then either before or in the middle somewhere, Jackie Bice from Mendota is always brought yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jackie was fun to watch. She had to be tremendous for, for Mike to be able to coach her, uh, Mike Kilmartin up in Mendota. Just just falls in line with that competitor, that unbelievable competitor. I know she got into the military, and, and thank you, Jackie, for your service and, and all members of the military. But just just tenacity and heart and, and the will to win, you know, pulling teammates through and, and, and things like that. Uh, Illinois Valley girls basketball players at the top there, Jackie Bice, one of, the, one, of the, one of the top ones, absolutely. You can just give one name. We'll say like a Mount Rushmore because yeah. Carl's, Klein, and Bice are always in the conversation. And yeah. then after that, like it kind of gets hazy on, on who Ooh. would be on the Mount Rushmore. I, I, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot again. I'm sorry, Tom. Wow, wow. Oh my goodness! My goodness! Because Every, and everybody's got a drum roll going right now. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean you can wow. run down the names if you stay in Mendota. There was Sammy Crum, who is the yeah. second leading scorer behind Jackie Bice, and was a beast inside and went to college and set records there and things like that. And, and close, you guys are two Bromenchenko girls. There've been girls from Bureau Valley and, and Princeton. Oh, um, yeah. oh, you know yeah. when we started up. Oh boy, and, it, and if they don't play for me, I sometimes have a hard time remembering names. But there were there were. Um, two girls from from Princeton that uh, we designed a zone pressure defense against them just to just to try to limit them. They were a great challenge to work against to try to game plan against. And I'd be remiss if I if I didn't mention out shout outs to uh, the guys like John Bellino and and Bernie Moore and Ken Anderson, who I learned coaching from and strategy from. In particular, John working with him through the football program and stuff like that, learning about practice planning. And, uh, and time management and practice and, and what you need to do and, and how to set up a good practice plan um, that, I've, that I've taken and, and brought over to girls basketball and do on a, on a daily basis. You know, can't say, you know, just how, how much I emulate what, you know, what John means to me as a, as a coach and as a mentor. And again, I'm stalling again. I'm trying to get no, off no, subject it, here. It's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we could just let, let you think about this. Next time we talk, you could tell yeah. me. But I could leave I, this open for the audience to try to figure out who would go with those three. But you do agree with me that Carl's Klein and Bice are on this Mount Rushmore. 100%. 100%. That fourth person is, is hazy, but there should be three, four, five names that, that should come to the come to the top. And, and we could debate that one uh, as, as we go through. So... While we're sitting here talking and you mentioned Kaylee Klein and I had mentioned Carl's and I'm like, man, that who would be in a Mount Rushmore of yeah. girls basketball players around here? Because there's been a lot of great players. They've affected a lot of great teams, you know, and it, it, it's great how, you know, how one person can have that kind of effect. But still, uh, within the concept of the team game, the other four, six, eight 
10, 12, 15 players um, that, that need to make it all go to make the team happen. And so uh, it's incredible. Being a part of the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, being able to talk with coaches across the state, just to see how the game is growing and expanding and getting onto the state tournament each year and talking about the best players in the state from north to south, east to west, is, is just uh, a tremendous honor to be able to represent uh, represent girls basketball in the state of Illinois. So there, there's a lot of great things. And, and I, I'd be interested to see uh, you know, who may come up with a, with a fourth name. I think that could be a lot of fun. Speaking of, you just mentioned Illinois Basketball Coaches Association. You were named to the Hall of Fame, was it last year? I went in last year, yeah, yeah, last spring at the banquet I went in, yeah. I don't want to say, you know, difficulties or, you know, pressure being a Hall of Fame coach now. Did that title (laughs) or stigma, like, change anything? No, it it, it doesn't. And, you know, titles, you know, titles don't really do do anything for me. If you're in anything to gain a title, you're you're missing the boat on on what you can really and truly get out of something. It's it's the person and it's the people around you that, that affect who you are and, and who have made you and who have brought you there and people around you and yourself and what's inside of you should give you pause to think about what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're going about it. I would argue that, you know, within the past year alone, but even before that, just the evolution that, that I've gone through as, as a coach in, in understanding and gaining an understanding, I, I'll say time and again that if I, if I was a coach in 2019 that I was back in 1998, either I'd be dead or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. That, that's for sure, because you, you have to make adjustments. You have to change. There's so many different things that have occurred in the sport. There's so many different things that have occurred in, in academics. There are so many things that have, have occurred just across the country that have brought to light things that, you know, you can't do things like you used to. Whatever whatever they used to means, whatever that time frame is, whatever that scope of, of objective is there, that has had to have changed most recently or, or over time. I would say that myself this past year going through through a master's program and learning from there and, and learning from other coaches and, and networking. Networking has become such a such a great thing and, and getting involved with the IBCA and, and talking with with coaches across the state and uh, becoming involved with the with the executive board and realizing more about what the kids, what the student athletes are getting out of being a part of sport has has greatly affected how I approach, how I look, and what I plan each year going forward, each each month going forward, each season, each day going forward. As as we get to as we get to work, the privilege of, of working with uh, with the girls I get the opportunity to work with. So no, you know, to, to answer the original question, no, and and Hall of Fame is was never anything that that I sought and realized that it was something, and you know. I'm very appreciative, and, and, and all the glory goes to the girls because they were the ones you know who put it out there on the floor. They're the ones who, who made buckets and, and, and won games while, while I was on my watch. You know that that, that was about it. Um, I got into the games on time and made sure we had the right uniforms. So there we go. So um, <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, and they had to put up with you. So that's really tough. Yeah. Oh God. How about it? How about it? And, and, all, and all of them could tell stories. I'm sure. Um, you know, and probably quite freely would. Again, it's just been such, a, such an honor to do, and I, and I I never would have thought that I would get such a, a thrill out of coaching as, as I did. You know, I started this coaching boys' grade school basketball at Delzell uh, and just responded to an ad in the newspaper. Just from day one, I was hooked in the ability to teach and pass on knowledge and watch that knowledge grow into ability um, of the student-athlete. It's just such a pleasure to, to watch the kids perform and, and have success and impress their parents and, and get the get the congratulations of their parents and the hugs and, and the love. And that's uh, that's just been such 
such a great reward for me. I know we were talking about Mount Rushmore's. If there was a Mount Rushmore's of coaches, I would put your name on it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, Brian. I, I, um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. This was very informational. It was entertaining. <laughs> That's why I like these. I mean, you get a little bit of everything, and you get to uh, you know sit down and, and chat with somebody and, and get their perspective on things that maybe you didn't know before. Absolutely, and there, there's just a bunch of garbage up in my head that I can, I can just spew out. So <laughs> any, anytime, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> I love it, and I always enjoy talking with you. So thank you very much, Tom. You too, Ben. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.